This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. In July of 1936, President Franklin Roosevelt issued a proclamation establishing the creation of Sumter National Forest in South Carolina. The protected land, which consists of over 370,000 acres, has no contiguous boundaries, but is instead divided into three unique ranger districts that span 11 of the state's counties and includes portions of the state's western mountainous terrain, as well as sections of the South Carolina Piedmont. Prior to the National Forest creation, much of the land was considered to be a plain rural upland with thorny fields and scrub woods, some of which had fallen victim to farming and heavy logging. Fortunately, through the efforts of the Civilian Conservation Corps and subsequent focus on proper land management, the Sumter National Forest is now a thriving habitat for wildlife and a popular destination for outdoor recreation. But according to local lore, the Sumter National Forest is home to more than just the beauty and splendor of the natural world. It is also believed to be home to the chilling apparition of a fearsome canine who hunts in the dark of the night, terrifying those who dare venture into the thick and isolated wilderness. He is known simply as the ghost hound of Goshen, and locals believe he has been present for almost two centuries, seeking vengeance for the death of the man to which he was once loyal. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. In 1794, the South Carolina General Assembly 
approved funding for the construction of a road that would run west from the bustling port town of Charleston through the Carolina Mountains into Greenville and then north toward the North Carolina city of Asheville. It was named Buncombe Road, and as its construction was completed over the course of the following decades, it became an integral part of the expansion of the young state's economy, catalyzing the settlement of the western region of South Carolina. But in spite of Buncombe Road's relatively heavy use by travelers and peddlers, it spanned incredibly isolated portions of the state, providing the perfect backdrop for a dark local legend. It is said sometime during the 1850s, an out-of-town salesman or peddler was traveling Buncombe Road near Goshen Hill with his beloved pet, a massive white dog who served as both his companion and guardian. But at the time that they passed through this particular area, a crime was committed in the small community. And as an outsider, the salesman was immediately looked upon with suspicion. Some versions of this legend claim the crime was as serious as murder. Others, that it was either petty theft or something as trivial as gossip mongering. But whatever the reason, the result was the same and the man was deemed responsible. So a mob was quickly formed to capture him. The salesman's dog attempted to protect its master as best it could but it was driven off into the nearby woods with a gunshot that possibly even injured him, leaving the mob to do as they wished with the innocent traveler. So the man was hanged, and after his violent death, the mob left his lifeless body dangling from the tree. But then, after the men left the scene of the execution, the dog returned, dutifully standing guard. Some tellings of this legend claim that the dog stayed in place for weeks as his deceased master's body continued to hang and decompose in the elements until eventually both he and the salesman's remains mysteriously disappeared. Other stories say that the dog eventually laid down and died of starvation, or that he barked and howled constantly for a week before a nearby resident came to the site and murdered him as well. But no matter how the story ends, from that day on, the ghost of this loyal companion began to prowl this five-mile stretch of Old Buncombe Road near Ebenezer Church in the Mabenton Township of Newberry County. And it is there that he is still believed to appear to travelers with his fiery red eyes and vicious snarl. The ghost hound of Goshen is described as a massive beast 
often compared to the size and bulk of a St. Bernard or Mastiff. The canine has shaggy white hair and a mouth full of large teeth that when pulled back into a snarl gives the appearance of a, quote, toothy grin that Ernest Sheely, the former curator of the Newberry Museum, claims has resulted in the locals referring to the apparition as, quote, happy dog. However, very few, if any, published versions of this tale reference the ghost hound as this. What all do agree upon, though, is that the hound is the biggest, meanest dog one could ever encounter. And what is perhaps even more frightening is that many legends claim that the vicious ghost makes no noise as he prowls, save for the sound of his giant paws hitting the ground as he chases his prey. The first sighting of the ghost hound of Goshen is believed to have occurred in 1855, not long after the supposed hanging. An area resident named William Hardy was ill and sent a young enslaved boy to fetch the local doctor named George Douglas. But when the boy arrived at Douglas's home, he was in a state of panic and shock, begging the doctor to be allowed to stay the night so that he would not have to face what he had just encountered on his journey there. The boy then told the man that as he traveled from his home at Hardy Plantation, he heard the sound of a terrible howl from behind him in the dark of the night. And when he quickly turned to see the origin of the sound, he saw an enormous white hound stalking him. Frightened, he urged his mule to move faster and faster, but the hound trailed him all the way to Douglas's house. Dr. James Cofield, a prominent resident of Newberry County, who lived in the region until his death in 1888, also claimed to have had numerous encounters with this ghostly hound. Cofield frequently traveled the area to treat his patients accompanied by his own dog. Yet time and time again, when he passed through that same stretch of Old Buncombe Road, Cofield's dog became afraid and agitated. And even on occasions when the man saw nothing, his pet would often abandon him out of fear and rejoin him further down the path. But of all those who claimed to encounter this apparition, legend says that the men who were responsible for the death of the salesman were the true targets of the ghost hound's vengeance. Several of these men were viciously attacked by the spirit hound, one crippled by it and another surviving the attack with a mauled hand. It is said that during each of these incidents, the hound was impervious to injury and gunfire, and that it shrugged off absolutely every physical attempt to stop it. And then, once the hound had completed his vengeance, he simply melted away into the dark of the woods. 
Over the years, numerous other apparitions linked to the ghostly hound have been reported. Some who have visited the site of the salesman's grisly hanging claim to have encountered the putrid smell of death emanating from the tree, while others have been confronted with the apparition of the man's body still hanging there, his massive white hound still standing guard. In addition, many of the purported sightings have also come from visitors to the Ebenezer Cemetery. Author Nancy Roberts, who has been described as the First Lady of American Folklore, included this tale in her 1962 work, Ghosts of the Carolinas. There are many varying accounts. The ghost dog may leap through a closed iron gate and disappear, or it may spring out from a thicket along the road. Horses and mules along this road often behave as if they are badly frightened, much to the bewilderment of their drivers. For it is not unusual for animals with their acute senses to be first aware of the hound's peculiar presence. And if you should decide on a pleasant evening to take a horseback ride along the old road and your steed rears back violently or the hair along your dog's back raises, you would do well to beware the hound of Goshen. For he is there. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. 
So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com slash bark. The story of the ghost town of Goshen was maintained predominantly as oral history well into the 1960s. And Nancy Roberts' Ghosts of the Carolinas is likely the first time that the tale was published. Other references to the legend can be found in local newspapers. A 1965 edition of Greenwood, South Carolina's The Index Journal reported on a local event that described the Hound of Goshen as a, quote, spook of Union County. Later, a 1967 edition of the Gaffney Ledger included an article titled Union County's Ghosts. The article described the legend of the ghost hound as, quote, one of the most unusual ghost stories. In a 2018 interview with South Carolina's ETV, a public broadcasting network, Ernest Sheely reported that he had personally known of the legend since his early childhood. But there are several inconsistencies between local lore and reality. Most notably, he states that the original road in the tale is no longer in existence in the form that it once was. So the addition of the Ebenezer Cemetery as a place of interest is likely due to the fact that it is home to the grave of Dr. George Douglas, who was mentioned in the initial sighting of the Hound in 1855. In addition, the cemetery itself was likely linked to the lore to make it more easily locatable for legend hunters. Sheely agrees that there may be truth to the century-old tale, but it has become, quote, all tied up in folklore, so the truth of the ghost town of Goshen may never be known. Yet the legend remains, and for those who have found themselves in this isolated part of the Sumter National Forest at night, these inconsistencies in the tale mean little compared to the terror of coming face to face with the vicious and vengeful ghost hound of Goshen. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. So listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts.